And hello and welcome everyone to the Comic Multiverse, where the worlds of nerd meet. Matt, you and I, were back again. It's Saturday night. We're here with all of our friends. It's the week before Spider-Verse, isn't it? It's got a whole air of Christmas about it. It's the week before Spider-Verse, but like, Spider-Man has been in the news quite a bit lately. Hasn't left it. Forget sticking <laughs> to walls. This dude's sticking to the fucking news cycle. <laughs> Just can't shake them loose. You you were saying too before we started. What a what a goddamn roller coaster of emotions has it been for Spider Man fans across Oof. all of media, comics, movies, video games. Oh, he's everywhere. He's, and each individual iteration is like receiving like multitudes of like fan reaction from like really good to this is the worst thing that has ever happened in the history of Spider Man. It's not, but well, people think it is. But they'll say it, you know, Spider-Man fans, they're a lot like Star Wars fans and Kiss fans. They love everything, they hate everything, and mm -hmm. they've seen everything. Yep, yep. It's it's very interesting. Mm -hmm. Man, someone's really got to make that show. Forget, like, death battles for characters. I want death battles for fan bases. <laughs> where you, like, put the fans together and have them fight it out. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, God. yeah, you all have your grievances, but who would win in a fight? That would be, like, the most toxic... Mm -hmm. like the co i can just see like the comments for that type of video oh god yeah <laughs> so yeah chem dog just said doctor who fans oh yeah we'd throw them in there for sure <laughs> we'll throw the doctor who fans in there we'll throw those like modern day voltron fans that like blackmailed the studio we'll throw them in there yep yep We'll we'll throw those Steven Universe fans in who completely get who totally missed the point of that show by being huge gatekeepy dicks. Yep, yep. yep. <laughs> Which is like the exact opposite. Jugglers. Ah, you see, the Juggalos would be the underdogs in that one because Juggalo fans like weirdly don't actually start trouble as much. No, yeah, that 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 they usually like blame for it, but they yes, they, there's a couple that do, but like yeah, largely they don't really. Yeah, largely they just drink their fago, they yep. just go to their gathering in the forest and, you know, leave everyone alone. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's kind of cool, kind of cool. Again, the, the, you, know, you know, I think the thing about juggalos is they don't evangelize. You won't see a mm. juggalo coming to your door and trying to convert you. You're either in or you're not. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Is what it really is. You're in or you're not. I, I swear, you know, one year if I could afford it, I would totally go to the gathering and film a video just to say I did. My my someone dream. I remember someone did a documentary. Mm. I think it was either a documentary or like just like a short video on YouTube about like a, a gathering, and it was it was a little weird. But I'm like, yeah, there's nothing here that's like, you know, yeah, you wouldn't see it at like a comic convention or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, I again, my dream job is I would love to be, like, the Anthony Bourdain for, like, nerd shit, where it's like, here, I went to the Gathering of the Juggalos, I went to the Cartoon Network Hotel, I went to, what is it, this cruise that is all for knitting. That, that's a real thing. There's a knitting cruise. <laughs> Which I'm like, that's got to be the most boring fucking thing on earth. Oh, well, to the people, it's probably relaxing as shit. Probably. I was going to say, yeah, it's either the most boring thing ever or it's the chillest fucking time. Mm, yeah, yeah. You know, again, I got to go to that cruise. I got to figure it out. Because, like, there's no way they can fill up a cruise just with fans of knitting. This has got to be a front for something. They got to be bagging, like, black tar heroin. <laughs> In the back. International, yeah, yeah, over international waters. There's got to be, like, a casino or something. That, that Hitler cocaine that's going around YouTube. Mm, mm, mm you saw that you saw the hitler cocaine okay it's not just me i didn't just dream that 
okay, good. I'm glad I wasn't going crazy. For those who don't know, everyone, uh, they seized a bunch of cocaine somewhere, and for some reason it was stamped with a bunch of swastikas, and no one really knows why. They opened it, and it was stamped with Hitler's name. Yeah, and no one knows why. I yeah. mean, look, they, they know their audience. <laughs> or or maybe they don't, because I assume their audience has mostly moved to meth right now. Well, that would be what the Nazis would use in World War II, meth and speed and everything. There you go. Keep them going. Keep them going yeah. in battle and everything. Oh, there's there's a great Behind the Bastards episode where they talk about, like, all the drugs that mm. uh, the Nazis were on. <laughs> they had them in their MREs. They had, like, mm-hmm. like uh, what would now be considered, like, speed tablets, like pet pills, like trucker pet pills. Yeah, what if we just laced everything with it? Yeah. And even by the end of the war, like some of the doctors are like, "Shit, I think I think this is going to ruin our lives if we keep doing this. I don't I don't think we can keep this up." Yeah, 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 you know the genocide and all the horrible shit. Yeah, yeah, we'll keep doing that, but drugs, drugs are bad, okay? <laughs> <laughs> by the end of the war, and like even Hitler was on everything too cuz Hitler had like a snake oil salesman doctor who was just giving him like crazy vitamin shots and like crazy bull testicle testosterone and everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm just shooting him up with everything because it's like well i'm a doctor and i guess i can do it and he likes it yep like michael jackson by the end yeah yeah you need to be put to sleep with all the different drugs and everything (laughs) uh believe it or not everyone that's not what the show is about (laughs) it's not about weird trucker speed though i'm sure if you gave matt and i the time we could do a whole show just about it It'll be a try episode. Hey, I got a bunch of these like weird truck stop herbal uh, extracts there. You know, these tiger boner pills. Let's see if these are any good. Oh, <laughs> oh no, I can, I can hear my heart. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, probably shouldn't be able to hear that. I start foaming from the fucking mouth. Hey, maybe for 400 episodes, we'll do that. Or maybe for 40,000 subscribers, we'll try a bunch of weird gas station pills. <laughs> They're cracking down on that in my country, actually. I know there's a corner store around here where they got, like, all the bongs and all the pipes and all, like, the little grinders along with fake Pokemon cards <laughs> and the weird herbal Viagras. So, you know, I'll have to get there before it's too late. Our, our gas stations don't even sell that sort of stuff. I think, the like, the, the, the craziest things you could probably get are, like, those, like, five-hour energy drinks. Oh, yeah. Those little, Which are- like, bottles. Which are honestly probably just as bad for Oh, yeah. You. Oh, yeah, probably. Again, I can't imagine a scenario where I would need to be that up and that hyped. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm just not living. Maybe I'm just not living that five hour energy grind set. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've got to you've got to you got to live that grind set. Got to live that grind set. You know, you got to push past the max. You got to achieve to achieve, <laughs> and all that other shitty slogan stuff that I'm sure is on a bunch of very bad T-shirts. Yeah uh but uh, yes everyone like i said uh this is going to be an episode we got a little bit of news this week there wasn't a ton of big stuff like in the actual comic releases so i thought it would be fun if for the tail end of the show we actually uh kind of hyped up spider-verse a little bit i know like it needed it or anything but Mm -hmm. uh, i i was going to do a little solo video where i wanted to talk about you know choices that first movie made that were different from the comics at the time how it sort of affected the comics and how you know things could possibly go in the future. And I thought that, you know, this would be a cool bit that uh, I I could get Matt involved with too, and that we could probably put up later. So that's what the tail end of the show is going to be. But don't worry, we do have a couple stories. Yes, yes, we do. And uh, thank you, Captain Coon, for helping us out in the chat. Joel going for the herbal Viagra. Ah, yes. (laughs) Again, I I shoot the show from the waist up. So, you know, we'll have to be on the honor system. I'll have to tell you if I feel anything. (laughs) 
will check in with me every couple of minutes. Hey, Julie, you feel anything? Nope, nothing yet. <laughs> nothing yet. Oh, geez, my ears are leaking. Is that supposed to happen? <laughs> oh, geez, my vision is blurred. Oh, no, there goes the blood vessels in one eye. Oh, no. Oh, no. I don't have a boner, but God, do I have terrible diarrhea. <laughs> I that's, bet that's, that's how all, they the, all the ginseng and shit in the, oh, in the pill. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, you gotta watch out for the ginseng. Yeah, the, all those pills have that, too. They're like, oh, with extra ginseng, you know, yeah. powered by ginseng. Yeah, yeah. Must have, like, a, uh, a surplus of it somewhere. They just shove it in everything. I imagine so. Uh, all right, then let's hop into the news this week because there are some topics to cover. Uh, it was announced this week what our next big summer event is going to be. And you're probably thinking to yourself, wait, I thought DC already said their summer event was going to be Night Terrors. No, 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 that's July. In August, we have another another event coming. <laughs> no breaks during summer event season, Matt. It's not going to end. <laughs> the, the big event, it's a Bat Family event because, of, of course. course, it is. Because Chip Zdarsky hasn't done one of those yet, and you're legally required to have a big Batman event while you're writing it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It has to be. It is written in stone, and you must sign the pack with your blood when you take the job. <laughs> but uh, this big new event is going to be called Batman Catwoman Gotham War. And just, again, what what is it with all these fucking events with war at the name? War. We had Joker War. We had Dark Side War. Yeah, War, war of Jokes and Riddles. Just, Jesus Christ. Just all, and, and they're all the same. A villain, two villains, or a villain in Gotham fight over Gotham, and Batman yep. is involved. I just, I just really, all the freaking wars, they're really sinister war over at Marvel. What is war good for? Apparently selling comic events, I guess. I guess, yeah. Is there really no other name you could have come up with? No. No. It is interesting that, as I said, this is Batman Catwoman Gotham War, meaning that Catwoman will actually be super involved with this. It's crossing over with her book, and they actually seem to be setting her up as something of an antagonist. The idea that I have gleaned from the little interview that I read here is that, you know, Batman is going to deal with Zuranaw and the multiverse and everything that's going on there. Mm -hmm. I guess while he was gone, Catwoman cleaned up Gotham. I guess... Even though we've or, seen Gotham during Batman's like stuff. missing, yeah, yeah. This also takes place after Night Tears, and apparently the two are kind of coming to blows over this, and it's crossing over with a bunch of the other books. I guess Zadarsky already did kind of plant the seeds for this at the end of his last story, because you know Batman and that multiversal Catwoman had a falling out, and she basically said, you know, the reason your relationship will never work out is because she's always going to feel like you're judging her. Yeah, yeah. That you're always hanging over her and you're never being human and it's always going to break her heart and everything. And I'm like, okay, that is at least a character-focused place to start an event. It is. It's not just starting. Yes. And again, I like the idea. It's not a villain that took over the city for themselves for selfish reasons. It sounds like a villain took over the city for positive reasons. And also, yeah. you never really see Batman and Catwoman at odds anymore, even though she began her career as a actual Batman villain. So to see her kind of do something approaching villain shit again is actually fairly interesting. Th that is the thing that interests me about this. That Oh, she's being a villain again. About time. Yeah. And it's a Chip Zdarsky event. Obviously, the last one he did was Devil's Reign for Daredevil, and that one kicked fucking ass. It was so great. Here's hoping, so here's hoping this one will also be equally good. Yeah, we get 
uh, what's his name? Uh, Red Hood is getting involved in it as well. He's like yes. partnering with Catwoman or something. Yes, Red Hood's getting a special issue. We got another special issue called Scorched Earth. There's going to be an Alpha and an Omega, and then it's going to go between the Catwoman book and the Batman book, which means, holy shit, I guess I have a reason to pick up a Catwoman book now, and uh, Teeny Howard is writing that. Oh, nice. It's not, uh, wasn't Ram B writing the book? He was, but I think it's uh, I think it's Teeny Howard now, or at least she's the one co-writing the event with Zdarsky. Okay, because yeah, there, there was there's like there was like a moment there when while he was writing the book that like oh he doesn't really want this to cross over with anything. It was very like his his Catwoman was very self-contained. It felt like yes, because you never I... like heard about it like crossing over with anything. It never appeared in the Batman book or anything. Even though I think it did eventually, right, with everything with poise, with Queen Ivy and Harley and even Leanne, Green Arrow's it, daughter. Wasn't he the one who started it, that? It, it did, but even that, like, felt very, like, oh, we have to put this here. Uh, interesting. Well, I'm definitely going to check this one out because it's Batman and I'm falling. Here's hoping Chip Zdarsky can, you know, cut through my cynicism and, you know, kind of break the curse that is Batman events with fucking war in the title. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, he's done really well so far. Yeah, so I have no reason to see why this won't also be good. Yeah. Yeah. Now, moving on from comic book news to movie news, uh, it was announced this week, and by announced, I mean actively spoiled by the director, what the big secret, super special, awesome, salty, chocolatey covered cameo appearance is going to be in the Flash movie that comes out in just a couple weeks. Yes, yes. Uh, and to the shock of everyone, the big cameo is going to be Nicolas Cage as Superman. Yes, yes. <laughs> from from the Superman movie that never got made, which is hilarious that this meme is now officially being canonized. Being canonized, yes. <laughs> which, I don't know what that says about, you know, the last gasp of the old DC universe, where it's like, well, what do we have to show people? You know, what do we have to call back to? Uh, this thing that technically didn't even exist. Yeah, that never even got out of, like, production phase. Uh-huh. Although, which has become legendary in its own right. And if you're thinking to yourself, man, revealing your big shocking twist cameo only a couple weeks before release, you yourself, the director, boy, that doesn't bode well for the movie, right? Does that not reek of desperation? Did they not do the same thing for Morbius and Shazam and Black Adam? And didn't those movies end up being a huge failure just recently? Yes, yes, they did. They're, they're, they're hedging their bets now. And as, as we were saying before the show, like, we see we've we're seeing that ticket sales might be a bit lower than than anticipated so you can see why they are doing things like this that is the hot scuttlebutt that they don't have near as many uh pre-tickets uh, pre that they didn't sell near as many pre-tickets for the flash as they thought and that this may be a last minute desperation move to either get more butts in seats or at the very least get more people to talk about the movie yes and let's face it, this movie hasn't exactly been shy about basically spoiling every single thing that happens to, in it, where it's like, hey, we got Zod, and we got Michael Keaton, and we got a new Superwoman, and we got two berries, and it's like, well, now I kind of feel like I fucking saw the movie before I actually saw it. Yeah, yeah, I and it, what's even weirder about this, like, I know the, 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 uh, the villain is apparently an original creation for the movie, because of course it is, but like, it is, I never like. it is really funny that, like, in this Flash movie, the only thing that is seemingly maybe 
like flash related is the fact that he has like that ring everything yeah. else is like batman or his general superman. zod superwoman supergirl and another and, superman yeah 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 a villain who is an original creation instead of one of the myriad of reverse speedsters that flash has yeah. fought over the years of which there's so fucking many. And also, it's like, come on, it's the Flash. He's arguably got the third best rogues gallery behind yeah. Batman. It's, or, but yeah, behind Batman and Spider-Man. And you had to create a new one. Are you for fucking real? I know, yeah, I know. You couldn't have just called them Reverse Flash. You couldn't just have called them Professor Professor Zoom or Cobalt Blue or anything. Exactly, exactly. Again, a lot of that movie doesn't bode well. And also, are, are we sure... That they're not just going to do what they did with the last three DC movies, and that is, you know, it only spends a month in a month in theaters, then it goes to streaming. Probably they they want they'll want to get this out as soon as as soon as it's it's out. They're going to be like Ezra Miller's no longer like the Flash, mm-hmm. you know. Here, dump it. You'll make what money they can, and then yeah, dump it to Max or whatever the fuck it's called now. Yeah, because that's been the modus operandi for the last three DC movies. They spend a month in theaters, then they're direct to streaming. I don't know if that's been a good or bad thing for them, but it's how they've been doing it. And I have to wonder, after three times, has the average audience gotten wise to it now? Are they like, oh, well, why should I bother going to rush out and see Mm -hmm. it in theaters and spend movie pricing for snacks and parking? Why don't I just wait and see it on the fucking app that I already pay $15 a month for? Exactly. I think this one might stay in cinemas a little longer just because they, they, it it costs so much. So they'll, they'll, they'll need to recoup their, their losses a little bit. And because they keep pushing Michael Keaton and because mm-hmm. they really hope if they keep pushing Michael Keaton that this can maybe be like a surprising Tom Cruise, Top Gun Maverick level success. Yeah, yeah. Which I don't think you can capture that lightning in a bottle twice. I think that was a, a real fluke. Yeah. Also, this, this is it's so fucked because like you have like they're, they're pushing Mike, Michael Keaton. They're pushing, pushing, pushing him. And... He was meant like after this, he was meant to appear in that Batgirl film. Yes. So so like if they they keep pushing him, people are gonna be like, Oh wow, this is awesome. Are we gonna get to see more of him? No, because no. we cancelled the movie that like he was He was in. gonna be we, in. We erased it, you know. Like, we burnt it. It was already yeah. done. Makes no fucking sense. <laughs> Again, you actually have something people might want to see to follow up on, and they can't. And then it's like, you're also extra not going to be able to, because we're restarting the whole universe after this. Also, apparently he was meant to be in the Aquaman movie, but then it got reshot to be Affleck. Oh, that's But then it might have gone back to Keaton, and then back to Affleck. It's it's a complete fucking mess. (laughs) I also also keep forgetting about Aquaman. Like, Blue Beetle is clear, like, like, Blue Beetle is clearly like, it can fit anywhere. And it doesn't matter at what time it was filmed because, you know, they can just roll them in if they want to. I keep forgetting there's Aquaman because even they don't talk about Aquaman anymore. Yeah, it's 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 like they just yeah, they it's not that they don't care, but like maybe the film isn't as good as they think it was going to be. And, yeah, like, and it's, it's like years, years uh, separated from the that original film. So like people yeah. have just like completely forgotten about it. I, I keep expecting every day to like you know see Aquaman now on Max. We just released it. <laughs> stealth released it. We stealth released the new Aquaman movie. <laughs> Even Momoa seems like really uninterested to talk about it because he's got yeah. the Fast X thing he's doing. Mm-hmm. 
And did you see uh, on Instagram, there's a whole, like, commercial there for, like, the Saudi Arabian theme park that has all the DC characters. He's in it dressed as Batman. Really? Yes. Oh, that's pretty cool. Which is fucking hilarious to me. Like, but, but you are Aquaman, though. But you actually are a DC, and you're not showing up as the guy you are. You're dressing as Batman. Is this a sign? Because wasn't there, like, rumors that Gunn had talked with him about a different role in the new universe being lobo yeah so, so like may, maybe this is them sort of like okay we can't like have you like going around parading around in the aquaman costume because you're not going to be that character anymore remind people yeah 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 it does feel very much like look if you play nice and are cool with us we'll be cool with you and you'll get your own goddamn lobo franchise where you can ride a goddamn space motorcycle it's like you had me at space motorcycle <laughs> yeah we'll cast you what you should have originally been cast as <laughs> To begin with. And again, no offense to your work as Aquaman. I actually think, you know, the Aquaman is pretty movie, good. You, that first it, Aquaman movie is pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good compared to all the other ones. It's the least offensive out of mm-hmm. so many of those. Mm-hmm. It had a beginning character. It had a beginning, middle and end and a character who actually went on a real three act journey. Mm-hmm. It had everything that it needed to. It also probably doesn't help too that a lot of the other that 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 the other star in it, the other leading star, is pretty controversial at the moment too. So I wonder if that's why they stopped talking about it. Probably. Again, the DC Cinematic Universe of old, anything that could go wrong did go wrong, <laughs> and seems to continue to be going wrong. Also, too, you know, for those who you know are watching the box office this week, we got Spider Verse. We got mm-hmm. across the Spider Verse. After that, we got the new Transformers, which actually looks pretty awesome. I never thought it I does. would be interested. I never thought I'd be interested in a Transformers movie again. But I am such an easy lay because they're like, yo, the Beast Wars are in it, and it's the '90s. Here's a bunch of Biggie rap, and also friggin' uh, what is it? Uh, goddamn, Ron Perlman is the voice of Optimus yeah. Primal, and I'm like, okay. Okay, I see what you're doing. Also, it's a sequel to Bumblebee, which was arguably, like, one of the better ones of the Transformer movies. And it's also apparently the beginning of a trilogy that's going to build up towards Unicron, because Unicron's oh. in this film. Ah, oh, oh my god. Okay, Transformer. <laughs> okay, you know what? I, you, you had my attention, now you have my interest. <laughs> <laughs> or no, other way around. You had my interest, now you have my attention, so... <laughs> I, I never thought I might actually go see a Transformers movie, but I actually want to see that. <laughs> and then the actual week of the 15th, when the Flash movie comes out, it's opening up against a Pixar movie, that new mm-hmm. one, Elemental, which traditional you know, industry wisdom is you never want to open up against a Pixar movie because they always do really good. Mm-hmm. And also you end up getting double, triple the tickets there because you get the kid who wants to see it and you also usually get one or two parents. The parents, yeah. So yeah, hell of a thing, yeah? Yeah, yeah, I... I, I I think that's not a very good idea to open up against a Pixar film. No, I really wonder, because I can see a lot of parents being like, well, I would take you to The Flash, but I already took you to Transformers, or I already took you to Spider-Man like two weeks ago. We can't go mm. to three movies in a row. Yeah, we'll just see this when it comes out next week on Max. <laughs> in a month, yeah, exactly, where I'm like, ooh, ooh, you, you kind of are in a bad position to the Venn diagram. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Michael Reese helped us out in the chat. Sales are low because fan knows none of the DC movies matter until Joker 2 and Superman Legacy. Yeah, oh my god, Joker 2 is going to be really interesting because it's a fucking weirdo musical now, but the first one was a fluke success, and I have to wonder if all the people who helped make Joker 2 a fluke success, if they're going to be coming back for this one to prove that it's not a fluke. Yeah, or whether they they can they can do it as a fluke again. I, again, I don't think they... 
they'll get the the uh the the social media reactions they they want because that first one had that that whole like society you know mm. people who go see this movie are gonna fucking shoot up cinemas and you know yeah all that stuff but now that that's like passed and people know ah oh, this is just a sequel it's, it that didn't happen the first time it's not going to happen now yes they, they had an element of danger to it deserved <laughs> or not deserved yeah yeah yeah, deserved or not deserved. This one doesn't have that. This one has Lady Gaga and musical numbers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which which actually means I might like it more than the first one. It has, uh, yeah, I didn't really like that first one at all. Um, but yeah, the, the, that's a that's kind of a cool swerve to take the, take the uh, character and, and add, you know, Harley Quinn in as a musical number and everything. It's cool. That's interesting. Yeah. It's different because that's yeah. the thing too. Like everything in Joker, I'm like, I've seen this before. I've yeah. seen all of this in other movies. I know every movie you're referencing and cribbing notes from, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure to a younger generation there, it's surprising. because like, oh, I've never seen anything like this before. I'm like, yeah, because you're 12. That's why. Yeah. Yeah, you, you don't know what these things are referencing. I do. This feels different. It also is true to something that I've said that, you know, superhero movies should explore different genres. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they shouldn't be afraid to be like weirdo musicals and shit. Absolutely. Uh, now, moving away from the world of movies to the world of games. Sony had a big press conference this week to which the diamond in the crown, the coup de gras, the big finale was like 15 goddamn uncut minutes of Spider-Man 2. Yeah. Oh, 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 God, Sony, please. I can only be so erect, Sony. <laughs> and this was after, like, a reveal of uh, a remake of Metal Gear Solid 3, along with the yes. first three being re-released as, like, a collection. That's uh, pretty good. A bunch of other games, like uh, Marathon is coming back mm. as like from Bungie as, as, like, some sort of multiplayer online weird thing uh that looks everything a fortnight now phantom blade zero looks really cool yeah yeah there's lots of really cool looking stuff yeah lots of cool stuff going on and then we got 15 minutes of uninterrupted spider-man and by god yeah it looks great doesn't it it's beautiful it's so beautiful (laughs) everything about it and like it answers so many questions i had where it's like okay the black suit's gonna be involved how is it gonna work oh it's basically just like any other suit where you clearly have a bunch of powers that you can use yes. in that suit. It looks beautiful in action, taking full effect of the PlayStation 5 technology. It is, yes. They they take full effect. We get to see a bit more of the world. We get to see, like, some really interesting uh, set pieces involving, like, Very. water and, like, like, surfing down what I assume is the Hudson. I'm assuming so, too. I don't live in New York. Yeah. Uh, I wonder, too, you know, how how are they going to deal with both, you know, Peter and Miles being in this game? Miles got his own game. Now they're here together. He's a big star. How are they going to split that time? And the answer is really easily, actually. Yeah, yeah. I was wondering how they were going to do, like, the, uh, like, switch between characters. Are going to be, like, GTA, where there's, like, mm-hmm. the little menu sort of thing. And it's it from this, it looks like it's just, like, a button press. Yeah, which is super cool. And for missions, you'll you'll play both within the span mm-hmm. of one mission, and I'm like, awesome. Yeah, yeah. We get to see a couple new villains. We actually get to see what the lizard looks like in this universe, who was implied in the first game, but we don't actually see him until now. Yes, and he's he's horrifying. He's a big horrifying Godzilla. Man, I love what that game universe does with redesigning villains because they are so like recognizably themselves, but with all these different flares and changes that make them unique to the game universe. Yeah, I just read the uh 
the tie-in comic for this. Oh, uh, yeah. The, the one, and they, they introduced the hood. And oh, cool. uh, he's not magic-based. He's uh, tech-based. He's using tech mm. uh, that's left over from the Tinkerer from the Miles Morales game. And it's, like, all tech that makes him, like, invisible and being able to float and give uh. the, the air of magic. But then magic is also involved in because he, like, steals the lifeline tablet and stuff. Ah, uh, we brought back the fucking lifeline tablet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's super cool. That's a, that's a deep cut reference. I like that a lot. Craven looks like a million bucks now that we've mm. finally seen him. I like the, the the fake out they did at the start, where you where you had the you had like clone Craven and he's like I, at first I thought it was like oh is this like a new Turok game because that guy I looked like that too. Guy, guy looked like the the guy from Turok. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it was Turok. I thought it was Far Cry. I thought yeah. it was like oh is this actual footage of that new uh, Metal Gear game? Boy, Metal Gear looks different. Yeah, yeah, and and you think, oh, oh, is this gonna be Craven? Oh, and then the real Craven comes in, just like murders him. It's great. Who looks looks like a million bucks? He's got his lion mane, but he's also got like a bunch of new paramilitary shit. I love his henchmen. I think his henchmen yeah. have a great design. They do, yeah. And I like how they use Craven as well in this game universe, where it's like, oh, is he just coming to New York to hunt Spider-Man? No, he has a whole hit list of people he wants to hunt. Yeah, all the heroes of New York, plus like the villains, like Scorpion and Black Cat and uh, Wraith. Wraith and Wraith, and yeah, it's cool. It's cool. It's really cool, and I'm like, oh man, a September can't get here soon enough because I think Toadie Todd leaked that the mm. game might be coming out in September. It's definitely coming out in the fall, so yeah, September sounds about right. Yeah, uh, it's just, and the fact that it looks so done, and I'm like, I want to play it now. I know, I know, I know. Why uh, can't I play it now, Sony? It looks done. <laughs> <laughs> just let me play it now. I, I want a Spider-Man so badly. <laughs> just let me do it. Let me live my dream. And the fact that it all looks so seamless from combat to cutscene to doing that thing to where you go through the wall like God of War and Star Wars did to hide a loading screen. Yes, that's cool. I like that's just kind of the new industry standard now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> to hide loading screens. Uh, also, pr predictions for the game. How much money do you bet uh, you'll either have to play as Peter fighting your symbiote when it goes too far, or you'll have to play as Miles to fight a symbiote-crazed Peter and get him back to reality? I think they'll, they'll do... To, to make it extra creative, I think they'll do it both, where, like, your Miles fighting peter as like the symbiote peter and then it'll tell you to switch to the symbiote oh. peter and you'll have to fight miles inside your mind you'll have to fight the symbiote like yeah. the, the, the inner war and will it be on a church and will i get to ring the bell in the church <laughs> will that be a thing i think that would be cash money there's just so many things in this game where i'm like they're gonna do it and it's gonna be so fucking cool it's gonna be great also, anything they're going to play Eddie Brock in this game, I'm assuming he has to show up at some point. Yeah, but I don't think he's going to have the symbiote straight away because the, I don't think either. the, the symbiote or well, the symbiote storyline in this universe is Norman Osborn like is using it to try and bring back Harry. Harry, yeah. So I imagine Harry's going to have it at first and then it's going to mm. then the tease is going to be it's going to like a piece is going to fall off and go find Eddie Brock or something. Because, you know, so much of what was cool about that first game is how it, like, really messed with your expectations of characters, where it's like, oh, here's Mary Jane, she's actually a journalist. Huh, holy shit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't be interesting if they did something with Eddie Brock in that same way. Like, you meet him, but you don't know it's Eddie Brock till later. 
Yeah, I could see them. I, I, I wonder how much it's going to rely on that tie-in comic because that tie-in comic ended with Jameson buying the Daily Bugle. Oh. So maybe he ends up being like one of like Jameson's like lackeys, like working for him at the Bugle, you like faking photos maybe. and being like a real Alex Jones piece of shit type of guy i could totally see that maybe working something with the sin eater like he's a maybe he's mm. like a true crime podcaster or something mm. trying to track down the sin eater yeah. in like uh in like a screwball style like side thing that you have to do and it ends with him you know getting the symbiote on him mm. yeah that could be something I, I i'd really cool. like to see the modernize it where it's like yeah he doesn't do real journalism he does like youtube videos yeah outrage yeah youtube outrage yeah eddie brock superhero tiktoker <laughs> eddie brock follow my vine account so you'll have to go back in time for that he just posts to apps that don't exist anymore yeah yeah <laughs> and, and talk to me in my aim chat server yeah i use periscope <laughs> oh god remember periscope <laughs> Everyone was so horny for Periscope for so long. Yeah, and then what came out? Zoom or something came out. I guess, and it just ate its lunch. Is it still? Is Zoom even still around anymore? I'm pretty sure Zoom is. Yeah. No, I mean Periscope. Sorry, is oh, Periscope still around anymore? No, I did. I Periscope. That's a name I've not heard in a long time. <laughs> Flicks my cigarette. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so there's your Spider-Man news, everyone. Cannot come out soon enough. I am so, so hyped for it. Yeah, I wonder, I wonder, like, um, so we've got this one coming out, and then they, Insomniac are also working on that Wolverine, Wolverine game. game. So I imagine that will come out, that'll be, like, a follow-up to this. Maybe there'll be Maybe. tie-ins to it, something to do with Craven or something. Yeah, similarly, I expected, uh what is it more word on wolverine in fact when that guy was running around the jungle i thought that could have been wolverine too i expected yeah, Logan yeah. to jump down and stab and be like hey bub, stabby stabby yeah yeah absolutely but it wasn't i don't know yeah maybe there'll be some like easter eggs to help set up wolverine i i have to assume they'll they'll start like seeding because they did that in the first couple of team we had the avengers uh tower the, that's the right Waka you could go there uh, nelson and murdoch uh, you know uh. the wakandan uh embassy and every, everything yeah Ma mary jane's not there because she's like yeah i'm following reports up in canada apparently some big furry wendigo monster is eating people mm -hmm. and now and now some yellow clad guy and the hulk are fighting <laughs> <laughs> fucking wild peter what's new with you oh black suit you don't say <laughs> <laughs> well it's nice to know we're both living such interesting lives did you see as well like people were quick to point out that in in uh the, the list of people uh craven is hunting shocker is there and it made people <laughs> like oh are we got to get that scene from the animated series where where the symbiote spider-man hunted down shocker through that oh of course that uh was it like a church or something and he's like yes, screaming after him oh. <laughs> i'll hunt you to the end of the earth <laughs> yeah, please it's the same voice actors please <laughs> yeah that actor is just fucking killed. you know that actor from the 90s show was prince eric in the goddamn little mermaid no shit yes it was i could not believe that when i figured that out i'm like man he was getting all the work back then wow He's just going for it in Spider-Man. He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to act my ass off in this one. Yeah, yeah. He he makes choices in that. He makes real choices. <laughs> <laughs> 
And uh, speaking of choices, everyone, I guess we can get to the second half of the show, which, like I said, we're going to be hyping up across the Spider-Verse. And to hype it up, we're going to be looking back at the original Spider-Verse, the choices it made, the stuff that was different from the comics, and maybe even what the comics could learn and have learned in some cases. Mm, yes. I thought this would be a fun thing. I was I was just going to make this a solo video because I'm not sure if I'll be able to see the movie until Saturday, which means I don't know if we'll be able to do a show next week, but I wanted to put something up. But I said, ah, fuck it, you know what? It was a light week on books and news. Let's make this a discussion thing for me and Matt because people like these when we do these. Yeah, people seem to do like them. Yeah, so uh, I made a little list here on my phone, which is where I make my notes. Uh on the toilet, you know, at the grocery store, whenever inspiration <laughs> should strike. I feel that's when I'm the most creative. <laughs> like everyone, you know, I'm a simple man. Yep. Just yeah. right I, on my phone. I, I know exactly what you mean. You, you'll be, yeah, like shopping in the grocery. Oh, I need to pick up mac and cheese. Oh, this is a good idea for a new video. Yeah. Or just when I'm falling asleep at night and I'm like, oh, I got to write oh, that's that the down. Worst. That's the worst. Yeah. Then I look at it in the morning and I'm like, what the hell is that? <laughs> But no, I actually made good notes, everyone. So I think the first note I want to talk about, and I've mentioned this many times before, but I think it bears repeating. One of the smartest things the original Spider-Verse movie did, and one of the best ways that they really helped uh, differentiate Miles from Peter as a character and kind of give him his own agency and his own identity, is they made him an artist mm. in that first movie. He loves music. He loves graffiti art. You know, he yeah. loves all of these different things. And I thought that was such a clever idea to differentiate him from Peter, who's very, you know, logical and scientific and everything. It shows that Miles is very smart too, but he's smart in uh, the completely opposite direction by being a sensitive artist. You know, he's he's left brain over right brain or whichever part of the brain. Com yeah, yeah, the opposite stuff. to Peter. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it, it was so cool. And it, and it lent as well to like giving him some style and some... Something that like differentiates him from Peter in terms of like you know how his costume looks, how how he yep. you know presents himself in like combat and everything. He's very uh, creative with like how he deals with villains and mm. everything. It's it's fitting too because I think it ties into like the bigger theme of the movie too, which is such this moving piece of art that uses like real comic pages and panels and different art styles from all the different universes. It only makes sense that Miles is an art guy. Yes, yes, that he is an art guy. I think I was reading somewhere before like the actual frames per second on Miles and his world actually change as the movie goes on. It does. Yeah. I thought, well, I think like every spider person is like, they're done in a different art style, which is then also done in a different frame rate or something. Which help, is wild. To help the censure. Yeah. It's, it's again, this movie is so fucking good. It's so creative. So layered with so many things like shit that I wouldn't even catch the first time. I didn't catch that until someone had to tell me about it. Mm -hmm. And then when I did, I'm like, Oh, I'll never watch this movie the same way again. I think that's another great thing about Spider-Verse. It actively gets better every time I watch it. Every time it, you watch I, it, yeah. Which I cannot say for most other movies that it gets better every time I watch it. But yeah, making Miles an artist is actually something that the comics kind of tried to do their own take on. They didn't just straight up say, oh, he likes graffiti mm -hmm. art now. But solid in a mid, near the midpoint of his run, Miles got a journal as part of like a creating, creative writing class. And it's something that Cody Ziegler has actually carried over into the book now. In fact, Miles' narration is done in notebook panels because that's what he's doing. He's writing down in his journal. He journals now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in, in the uh, Miles Morales video game, the music is a big part 
uh, mm. of it. So he's uh, he actually also gets it from his uncle Aaron as well, ah. uh, where he's like sent around. It's like a it's like a side missions where he's sent around to like record certain like sounds and stuff to make music with, and yeah, it's pretty cool. You know, I still haven't played the Miles game yet, but I think I'm going to buy it next paycheck because I know I'm going to be on a big Spider-Man kick. And now I finally have the PS5 so I can play it the way it was meant to be. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, Miles being an artist, a thing that actually did translate to the books. He's not like an art and paint artist now, but he's a creative writer now, <laughs> which is something I could see them actually play with as the series goes on. Would it not be interesting if at some point in the future, Miles gets a job at the paper, but not as a photographer, as an actual writer? As a writer, yeah. <laughs> as like a guy who does actual columns and everything. And I'm like, oh, that would be interesting to show. Yeah, you know, Peter is a guy who takes pictures. Miles is a guy who actually writes articles. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. And if you're thinking, hey, isn't that a little too Superman? Again, remember in the video game, they made Mary Jane into a journalist. <laughs> Which is fine, because Mary Jane's had like 600 fucking jobs. Sure, she can work at the goddamn paper. It makes a bit more sense, yeah. And it keeps her close to the action and everything, which is always good for a superhero to be close to the action. Yeah. Uh, another thing that the movie changes, and it's something that the books have never tackled, and it's something I hope Ziggler does tackle eventually, the idea that Miles had friends from his old school, and we actually briefly see them before he goes to his fancy hoity-toity, richer, downtown, let's face it, much whiter school. Yes. And it's such a brilliant idea because it's like, oh, they're setting up in this movie even early on. Then Miles is already dealing with feelings of being a poser and being a sellout and everything and being a fake before he even ends up starting to live his spider life and having to deal with the Spider-Man legacy. And I think that is so cool. And and they don't really talk about it. They no. don't really refer back to it. It's one scene, but it's such a powerful scene. It is. It, it's it's fantastic. It, 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 it also it, it informs like the rest of the film where he he doesn't see himself as l l like he can't like there's that thing where he can't access like the um spider sense and everything mm -hmm. and it gives him that uh what's that thing I mean, like imposter syndrome yes sort of thing where he's very capable but he doesn't seem to think he is and again, we don't really see the idea of heroes dealing with imposter syndrome all that much. And for a movie that's so much about the Spider-Man legacy, it's a genius addition. It is. It's fantastic. Uh, Kali Frederick helped us out in the chat. I wouldn't mind Miles as a newspaper comic artist. Ooh, that would be fun, actually. A mm. guy in comics who makes comics. He does the, uh, the, the like, political cartoons. Ah, there you go. So he becomes Aaron Magruder is what you're saying. <laughs> He writes the in-universe boondocks. Uh, hey, uh, was it Kyle Rayner a comic artist at some point, or did he draw something else? I know he, he was, was he, an artist. He was an artist. I, I want to say he was at one point. Am I thinking in the superhero cartoon he did comics for the planet? Was that the thing because they had to work them in somehow? I think so, yeah. If I, I want to say. Yeah, I want to say. Man, there's a lot of lanterns who are like artists because like John Stewart as well was like an architect. Architect. For a yeah. So he, so he can draw, but again, doesn't draw art. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe he does. Maybe. I mean, his buildings are art. So in, in, in their own way. But it's, you know, it's the more colder mathematical thing. You know, it's, it's not known for its creativity, but it kind of mm. is known for its creativity. Yeah. 
Now, shockingly, they have never bothered to explore a lot of Miles's formative years before joining his fancy academy in the comics, which I think is a missed opportunity because I think there's a lot of story potential there. There is. There, there absolutely is. They also kind of retcon it, too, to where it's like, oh, well, he must have met Genki, his best friend, first day of school, because they go there. Only, I don't know if it was Bendis in his last couple of years or Solid in a minute at some point, retcon just to go, no, they were actually friends before. They just never went to school together. Okay. Like, I think they, like, met at the park or something in their area. And I feel like, yeah, Miles would have had to have had friends from his old school. Wouldn't it be interesting if they rolled back into his life and, you know, what what lives they have been living since then because they didn't get to go to the nicer school in the nicer area? Yeah, and again, like, that's something that you could explore in a storyline. Very much so. In fact, hey, you know, Cody Ziegler, if you're listening, that one's free. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's something that I think would really really do well with Miles. Hell, the, the last great story from Ziggler uh, in the arc that just ended was all about Miles's school life and the idea mm -hmm. that he won his place at that prestigious academy by lottery, which means that there was someone out there who missed out on it and someone who might have actually made more of the opportunity than him. And to see Miles actually learn from that and to try to apply himself more at school, knowing full well that, you know, people would kill to be in the position he is. And again, it's a great opportunity for him to show responsibility you know i need to be responsible for this yes yeah yeah it's oh, so so great like so layered and and just just interesting character building and and, uh, and quintessentially spider-man is yeah it nice yeah spider-man feels like spider-man it is yeah yeah and, and 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 it's simple as well Very. it's just it's it's not none of this fucking oh he was chosen by the web of spider god totem. spider totem god yeah none of that bullshit yeah it's, it's just so simple yeah that story is so good with the rabble because it deals with chance and happenstance that has almost mm. always been at the center of spider-man as a character where it's like it could have been anyone but it ended up being me and i don't think of the people that you know who are punished by fate you know the people who always get the bad hand and everything and he even says to the villain like look you're not mad at me you're bad you know you're mad at the concept of randomness is what you're mad at yeah yeah chance yeah yeah, you're mad at chance and you can't take that out on me. But also that's a great motivation for a villain too, to be unrealistic and to be, you know, to be mad at something that no one can control and to have Spider-Man be this avatar for this part of my life that I could not control. Yeah, it's great. It's great. It's great shit. Uh, another really excellent thing the movie does and something that I wish the comics would pick up on or at least pick a lane on this subject because I feel like they keep trying to have their cake and eat it too. And that is Spider-Man's relationship to Peter mm -hmm. because it feels that the books don't really know what they should do. And there's two very strong contingents out there who I think both have good points. When it comes to Miles, there's the first camp who think, oh, well, obviously, Peter should be a more active participant in Miles' life. They should totally hang out more. He's wearing a costume like his. He's sharing the Spider-Man name. Of course, it should be a mentor-mentee relationship. And then you have people on the other side who go, no, Miles doesn't need that. Miles was Spider-Man in the Ultimate Universe. He had all the responsibility. He had all the pressure. And he, you know, mm -hmm. thrived and came above it anyway. He doesn't need Peter hovering over him if Peter covers over him that robs him of his agency and they're both kind of right yep and i know solid in a mid basically had it to the point where it's like look peter knows where miles lives 
he'll come visit him. He'll give him leads and help him out on cases, but he doesn't stay for his birthday party. No, no. That's the relationship they have. And you can call that, you know, keeping him at arm's length. You can call that being a little prof- too professional or a little frosty. But that that was how Solid in a Mid viewed it. And no writers really tried to come back to it since. What the movie does, which is genius and how it kind of skirts this line, is by having Peter B. Parker be the Peter that Miles knows. Because his world's Peter dies early on in the yes. movie. He, he gets killed. And so basically... Miles's mentor is a Spider-Man who's already down lower than he could possibly be, who's kind of lost faith in being Spider-Man. And so you have this amazing double act where Miles learns to be Spider-Man, but also teaches Peter B. Parker what it means to be Spider-Man again. Yeah, yeah, it's it's such an interesting, interesting dynamic. And and, and one you don't really ever get with like the multiverse and like stuff like that. Even just in like superhero legacy relationships, it's really awesome where it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I learned from you what it meant to be Spider-Man again. I mm-hmm. taught you, but you taught me and we're both so much richer for having known each other. It's like, man, how friggin' smart is that? It's, it's, it's so good. It's so good. And it gets to the point, too, where it's like, I don't know how the comics could do that, how the comics could so beautifully skate that line outside of killing Peter. <laughs> 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 and having Miles make friends with a totally different Peter, because again, which is I, what I what they kind of did with Miles, because his Peter died on ulti- on the Ultimate yeah. Earth, and then he made friends with the Six One Six, but it went in like a different way <laughs> direction. And also, too, yeah, Ultimate Peter died until he kind of didn't, because he came back, but then the universe was over by then. Yeah, yeah. Which oh fuck me, Ultimate Comics are coming back again. I guess they're gonna have to deal with that at some point. I guess so. Yeah. What if Ultimate Peter lives again? Oh fuck. <laughs> do you th- do you think Hickman would do that, or do you think they would be too afraid to pull that trigger? That 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 was that that is something that they should do, just because it's such like a big thing. Because because the Ultimate Universe dead mean dead, and they stuck to it pretty good. Except for Peter, though the implication was he was maybe a clone, but they never got to finish that story because the universe ended. And I do get the distinct feeling that Hickman really likes Miles because he put him in Secret Wars. Yes. That was the series that basically started the crossover between the universe. Yeah, I know they had Spider-Man before that, but that was kind of the harboring of, yes, miles is gonna stay and at the end of that story because miles was so nice to molecule man he got to stay and he got to exist when his whole world got glassed yeah yeah it's, uh, i i i'm really intrigued to see like what they're gonna do with that because they haven't released anything about like what that whole ultimate thing is and there's been like no teasers in the comics either like like no. miles finding out it exists again and maker coming back or anything so could really go anywhere i'd like to see that peter come back just just to see what Mm. that dynamic would be now that we have you have uh miles as the established you know he's been spider-man for however many years now that's that's also another you know back and forth fight that the comics have had too and that is how much should miles actually remember about the ultimate Mm. universe and his adventures because if so doesn't that create a philosophical nightmare that he remembers this other life that he lived in this other world that is now gone with all these people that he knew in passing not directly related to him but knew in passing and his mother who died 
Remember mm-hmm. that? His, mm-hmm. his mom died in the Ultimate Universe, but then got to be alive again in this universe because of Molecule Man doing him a solid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, would that not fuck with his head? And Sultan Amid played with it too because he fought the Ultimate Goblin and Ultimatum, who was actually Evil 616 Miles, who also yep. traveled the universe. It gets really fucking complicated. But basically, Miles got flashes of the other world and what things were meant to be. Yeah, and he hasn't had one of them in a while. No, he hasn't, and I wonder if that's, like, a Marvel thing where it's, like, stop stop referencing it. Yeah, yeah, I could see it being that. Maybe he will I... get it. Maybe th- that'll be, like, a, a thing we see before the event starts. Because I know some writers are really invested in it, because if you take away his years in the Ultimate Universe, you take away his most formative years and one of his best stories, because if you take away Miles' origin, he, he doesn't have one at that point. And then you're really left holding the bag, because then it's like, well, what the fuck do you reference in the new stories? You can't reference his past up into a certain point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Or else you get in trouble. I remember, uh, what is it? Oh god, why am I why am I blanking on his name now? Uh, g- guy who did Outsiders and Detective Comics for years. He basically got the hit job to be like, okay, you got to write a new origin for Miles in a special one issue because this was right when Bendis left, and they're like, we're burning everything Bendis ever did out of spite. And it was a terrible fucking story, and everyone hated it, and it was a really bad new origin. And then when Saladin Amid came back, it's like, fuck it, we're actually just reincorporating this. Yes, Ultimate Universe happened. He has a spotty memory, though. Cool, cool. Is what they did with it. Yeah, cool, cool is what it was. But yeah, they th- that is a thing that the comics are still very much dealing with how much of miles's life in the ultimate universe does he remember how much of his is important and should it be important exactly yeah yeah and the answer is i don't know and yeah as the chat's saying they tied his origin into secret invasion because he fought a scroll it was really fucking weird yeah i i i vaguely remember that it's a weird one shot that they don't want to remind you that they commissioned yeah that they have yeah (laughs) They don't want you to remember that one. Uh, Another great thing that I think the movie did uh, as opposed to the comic, and it's something they're kind of running with, changing Uncle Aaron's death and also making Uncle Aaron a more likable, affable guy. Because in the original stories, he is just a pretty bad dude. He seems cool at the start. But he's really just gaslighting Miles to help him steal like a bunch of supervillain technology for himself, which he ends up basically overdosing on and dying. Miles gets his own uncle death, but it's very different than Peter's uncle's death. Mm-hmm. The movie changes it by making him a lot more affable, Uncle Aaron, a lot more likable, and making his death seem like a lot more like, well, you kind of reap what you sow, not so much you did it to yourself, because in the book, he definitely did it to himself. Yeah, yeah, the movie makes him very much more, um, can, like, understand why he he is doing what he is doing as, like, Prowler and everything. The comics also weirdly did not keep him dead. Bendis brought him back when he fused the universes. He became a weird iron spider and had his own weird sinister six. That That was was dumb. Yeah, that was stupid. That was fucking dead. He also just wakes up alive one day and he's like, oh, I'm alive. How about that? (laughs) And they just don't deal with it. So that kind of cheapens his death right away. 
Sultan Amid did better where he actually reconciles with the Morales family and he gets to hang out with his brother again and he gets to help Miles and be this kind of mentor figure, but like from another side of life where it's like, you know, your dad will teach you these lessons. I'll teach you these completely different lessons. He also kind of sacrificed himself to defeat Ultimatum. So he died. So he's died like three separate times. (laughs) Which again, Peter is like, oh, my uncle Ben died once, and I'm sad. Yeah, my uncle died a couple times, and it made me sad. Yeah, I I don't even know if he's still alive. He could be dead today and alive tomorrow. He he might not even be dead. I think the implication is he went to the ultimate universe, wherever that is. Yeah. Okay. So again, this is stuff that this this upcoming series could probably broach. It could definitely broach. It also begs the question, too, will the movies play with this idea, too? Because obviously, as we're seeing it across the Spider-Verse, it's not, you know, the first movie was all about other Spider-Men coming to Miles. Now this is Miles coming to other Spider-Men. And I really want to see them play with this idea where it's like, okay, but what are your family and friends like in this universe? Mm. Mm. What, What about a world where Uncle Aaron didn't die? What if he was still alive? Would he still be a villain like the Prowler? Hey, what about a world wherein, you know, maybe your father didn't become a cop? Maybe he actually followed his brother into a life of crime and supervillainy. Yeah. Maybe maybe your dad is the Prowler in one universe. Yeah. Well, what's really interesting about this second film from what we've seen so far is that we haven't seen any variants of Miles. We've only seen variants no. of, like, Peter or, like, you know, uh, Gwen or, you know, yeah. Hobie Brown, Miguel O'Hara. But no other miles and i'm sure that's very very deliberate it could be it could they could also be doing a thing where it's like oh he's the only one he's like the the uh the the outlier he's maybe again that he's kind of trudging into territory i don't like yeah i I don't fucking like that with spider-man that sort of stuff but yeah yeah, I don't think they'll do that. I think they understand, you know, that that would be, you know, kind of cheapening the mm-hmm. whole thing. Because, like, in the comics, we already have a couple different Miles. We have Ultimatum, yeah. who is the evil 616 Miles, because that was, like, a whole fucking story from the two Spider-Men of, like, okay, if Miles is from the Ultimate Universe, then who's Miles in this universe? Well, he's older, and he was friends with Kingpin. In fact, he was there during the Frank Miller years just off panel. <laughs> You didn't see him, and Fisk loved him so much, and he's his best friend, and he never mentioned him one time. <laughs> That's weird. And then he goes back to the Ultimate Universe, or a universe that is like the Ultimate Universe, but isn't, because it's, like, right next door, and Bendis was leaving, and he didn't give a fuck. Yeah. He's like, he went back to the universe I created, eat me. <laughs> and then Saladin Amid is like, okay, he comes back, and he's a villain, and he has a bunch of, like, weapon and gear from the Ultimates. Miles also has his own evil clone, Salim. Mm-hmm. So he has his own clone bad guy. And also, I didn't read the Solid in the Mid finale, but also there was an evil Miles who was like in control of his own alternate universe. And it's a mm. whole thing. Jesus. <laughs> I didn't finish that. I'm like, oh my God, we're doing another evil Miles. We just did a fucking clone story. And also, there's too many evil Miles. <laughs> there, there's also that, that, that awful 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 one where they made uh they did the like the, the what if miles morales where he oh, was like yes four or something well they made him a couple things they made yeah, him like yeah. captain america thor yes. they made him a couple different avengers everyone just remembers the thor one because it was uber racist yeah <laughs> oh it was awful it was terrible yes 
well-hated with good reason. Uh, yeah, I'm sure I mentioned this somewhere elsewhere, too, but uh, what I think is cool about Miles, and it looks like something the new movie is going to tackle, his biracial heritage. He's not yes. just the, the black Spider-Man, as everyone calls him. He's half black, half Hispanic. Speaking Spanish with his mother is a big deal in the trailer. His mom, who actually looks like is going to be a bigger part of the movie, mm -hmm. which is something the comics don't do as much. Usually it's all about Miles's relationship to his father or his uncle. I like that his mom gets something to do here. But also, hey, you know who else is biracial? Miguel O'Hara, half yeah. Irish, half Hispanic. And I know that the fact that they bring up Miles's heritage, that's going to be important in the movie. He's probably yes. going to speak Spanish to Spider-Man 2099 at some point, And it's going to be a big like, oh, we're not so different, you and I moment. And it blows my mind because I'm like, yeah, that is true. And the comics have never made that comparison before and have never no, made that they, connection. They ha have... Has uh, Miles ever had a run-in with Miguel yet? I think he has in, like, the bigger Spider-Men things or the Spider-Verse stories, but I don't think they've ever talked for any meaningful amount of time. It'd be cool to have them team up. Very much so. And the fact that this movie seems to be running with the idea, too, where it's like, look, you know, we're all Spider-Men, but none of us are Peter. Mm-hmm. And there's something about that, especially as they bring up the idea of suffering, because I think it's like Gwen who says, you know, being Spider-Man is all about suffering. You can't have it all. And Miles is like, but I can, though. I have a loving family and I have friends and I have a school. Why Why does Spider-Man need to be all about suffering? And it's something that I think is really fucking poignant right now right when we now. look at modern Spider-Man comics, where that seems to be all they can do to build drama. It's like, well, let's make them suffer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is really interesting to actually have a Spider-Man thing come out and say, no, you don't need to do any of that. We can have it all. And he can you be can... a hero and everything. Yeah, what's the point of being super if you can't have it all and i'm like wow that's that's really interesting and the complete opposite message to what uh to what the comics are saying mm -hmm. right now and i'm like man that's pretty dope actually and that's actually pretty smart mm -hmm. also is it funny too and i know i'm not the first person to say this but uh miles's dad has now been a cop in more things than he's not yeah that's interesting isn't it cop in the movie cop in the game yep had a couple jobs in the original comics i think in the original ultimate books he was an architect and then mm -hmm. later we heard a whole story about how he did have a criminal background because his father and brother were criminals but he tried to get away from it and so shield and ultimate nick fury brought him in to be like a mole to try and take down ultimate kingpin oh, jesus and it was like a whole thing. And then in the new universe, he was also technically still an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. at some point, but just retired. <laughs> and again, I feel like the books never know what to do about that. Where it's like, yeah, what do his parents do? His mom's a nurse. We know that. We've seen mm -hmm. her at work a couple times. I wonder if they'll, if they'll uh, start following what they did in the game. Because in the Miles game, she ends up uh, running for mayor and becoming oh, mayor. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, after... Uh, husband dies in the first spider-man game yes which again hey we don't we don't have the death of a prowler but we do have the death of his father though yes that's what ties him and peter together in those games interesting how about that that they are so similar but so not also speaking of similar things that i wouldn't be shocked if the movie actually drew comparison to this at some point spider-punk is hobie brown yes mm -hmm. in the main 616 universe hobie brown is prowler Except for in the Ultimate Universe, where Uncle Aaron is Prowler. Uncle Aaron was Prowler again in the main universe for a while, but Hobie was also Prowler, but then he got killed and brought back as a clone for Clone Conspiracy, and then no one ever wrote anything about Hobie ever again. 
I'm surprised no one's told that story yet where Hobie like shows up at the Morales house and it's like, your uncle took everything from me. I'm not even me anymore. He looks like Aaron. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's much cooler than me. He has lightsabers and shit. <laughs> I don't have lightsabers and a cool motorcycle. I'm just a cat burglar. That's all I do. I, I burgle. I, I think his original origin, Hobie Brown, is like he was like a window washer or some oh, shit. No. <laughs> he was a window washer. He's like, well, I'm up here, so I might as well steal. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. You know, that thought everyone has had when they're up high. Man, I'm up really high. I should start stealing. <laughs> like you do it, in New yeah. York. It's the lack of oxygen. <laughs> yeah, and all the cleaning fumes. That'll do it to you. It gives you a lot of bad ideas. <laughs> He gets down on the ground and he's like, man, what was I thinking? Yeah, yeah, what was I thinking? I shouldn't have huffed all that, that cleaning product. Yeah, I shouldn't have huffed all that cleaning thing. So, th so this is the problem, too, with doing this video just like a conversation because I really don't know how to end this. This is These are just some thoughts I had about the first Spider-Verse movie, how cool it was, how I think the comics can adapt some ideas, how they already have, and really just how excited I am for Across the Spider-Verse. Yeah, yeah, that, that first film is... It's so good. I I and because because you told me we we'll, we we'll, we're gonna be doing this. I ended up watching it again. I got got my four K version out. And, Hell yeah! And, and threw that up on the TV and ah, oh, it's beautiful, isn't it? it? Looks so good. It's a moving work of art, and they say the sequel is even better. Like Guillermo yeah. del Toro was talking about, it, like is a moving work of art. You know, a testament <laughs> to writing your own story. <laughs> I don't know why I'm making him sound Italian, Guillermo del Toro. <laughs> But that's something. Kali Frederick, do you guys think we'll ever see that Silk series? Oh, yeah, Amazon is still apparently working on a Silk series. Yeah, and, like, the, the, there was also another series as well, I think. Some spider universe or something, something with Madam Web or something, I don't know. Yeah, I was going to say, wasn't Silk Cindy Moon also supposed to be a character in that Madam Web movie that they were doing? That I guess they're I, still doing, but no word on when it's coming I out. I don't fucking know. I know, like, all these shows are stopping just because of the writer strike the at writer the moment. Strike, yeah. So, like, they're oh. not, not doing anything with them. Also, like, Lord Miller, the guys who are doing Spider-Verse, did such a good job. They were put in charge of all of Sony's Spider-Man stuff. Mm. But, like, you really don't seem to see their hand in this, and they no. don't seem to talk well, about it as much. You don't see, see their hand in literally anything, because they because they're technically in charge of stuff like Venom and Morbius, yes. and that's still, like, those those films still happened under their watch. So, like, yeah. uh, is it, like, a name-only thing? It's like, oh, Probably. just to get people, like, just to assure people, you know? You know what it is? Maybe they're like, look, we'll give you a bunch of money for these Spider-Verse sequels if you let us basically use your good name yeah and because they're yeah. hard suffering animators who know what it's like to have stuff like clone high cancel on them they're like all right we'll do this yeah then maybe that's how how we ended up with a sequel to uh spider-verse but not just a sequel but like a two-part two-part sequel also someone told me something crazy online apparently in an interview lord miller said the reason the spot is in this new movie is because avia rod wouldn't stop bugging them about it mm-hmm mm-hmm and they eventually broke down. They're like, you know what? Maybe we can do something with the spot. <laughs> Which, again, we see we see regular spot, but he also apparently has like some sort of crazy monster form. Yeah, yeah, he looks like really cool, and I like what they're, uh, they're taking this villain who's really a joke villain, and, yeah, and, and and like like uh, making them like an actual threat, and well, and, and having fun with it as well. 
it looks like they're doing both. It looks like he starts as a sillier villain. It looks mm-hmm. like Miguel O'Hara is the real, like, you know, antagonist, antagonist not yeah. villain for most of it. And then they all probably have to come together to fight whatever it is the spot becomes. Yeah, well, I think the idea is I think he he he, he stumbles into, like, the multiverse or something or something. Oh, that probably. Or, like, like finds his, his spots can travel the multiverse or something, and that gives him Makes extra sense. power or uh, un- lets him unlock extra power or something works for me yeah but yeah so like i said i i don't really know how to end this little video piece uh, i hope you liked it i hope you like this kind of deep dive into it where matt and i talk a little bit more in depth and a little bit more you know academically about spider-man and all the things we like about it and just you know some some good positive spider-man talk because i know come the 26th when i gotta or come when i gotta review that goddamn comic issue 26 Seems like there's not going to be a lot of smiling, so let's get our happy Spider-Man good vibes in now while we can. <laughs> and it, I, I was going to say, it's very rare for, for for people to be talking about Spider-Man nowadays and actually have good things to say about it. But Tell me about between it. Between this and the game, there is good things. There is yes, good things. Uh, Uh, Keep your eyes peeled uh, to the channel, everyone, uh, for that video review when it comes out. And also be sure to listen to the Comic Multiverse episode 307, whenever that drops you can find it on all the podcast apps you can find it on patreon and everything where matt and i will eventually be talking about uh across the spider-verse in its entirety before we've seen it actually uh my my local theater the next town over is actually having a thursday showing which they never Mm. do for anything which tells me they're expecting this to you know blow the fucking doors off yeah they, they they've seen the ticket sales yeah They've seen it and they're expected to blow the doors off. And I'm like, oh man, you know, maybe I will travel like an hour just to see it at the big theater. Yeah, yeah. I, I again, this is like one of those films where you have, like, usually I'm like, yeah, oh, you can like wait to, you know, it mm-hmm. comes on stream and stuff. But no, go to the movies and see this because it, it looks good and it looks like you're going to need to see it on like a big screen. Yeah, I, uh, I don't think I saw the original in theaters, and I kicked mm-hmm. myself for because I'm like, man, this probably fucking slapped on the big screen. Oh, it was fucking awesome. I bet. So I'm definitely not going to make that mistake twice. I'm definitely going to see this one. So thank you, everyone, for coming out and watching and checking us out, whether you watched the whole podcast or you just watched this part here that we put up later because we thought the conversation was too good to ignore. Yeah. And uh, Matt and I will be back again next week, everyone. As always, if you want to hear the show in its entirety, you can either live Saturday nights at 10 on Twitch or YouTube. After that, we try and put the video and audio version up on Patreon as soon as possible. You can become a patron for as little as a dollar a month. Every little bit helps. Uh, in this crazy YouTube game. And then Wednesday, I try and drop the audio version basically everywhere that there's podcasts. Yes, yes. Six, six, Spotify. Yeah, except Spotify, because I can't figure that out yet. (laughs) Yet. One day, but not now. (laughs) All right, everyone. Thanks so much for watching and listening. Matt and I will be back again next time, everyone. Bye-bye. See ya.